Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations with Z and Vin. We had our midsummer break. Excited to be back in the seat talking to you, Z. And today we're talking about faith. And as George Michael said, sometimes you just got to have a little faith. Faith is an interesting thing because we're in this world where there's so much of a focus on science and what we can measure and quantify and perceive. And all that is fine. But beyond that, there are there are a lot of things we just don't understand. And there is, whatever you want to call it, a certain energy, a cosmic force, a guiding light that sometimes gets us through life in very unexpected ways. And believing in something like that, not just for the sake of believing in it, uh, not to abandon reason, but to recognize the limits of what you know, of what you can control, to accept that there are certain things greater than you, that you might be part of a divine plan, that you can surrender your need to make everything work out exactly the way that you want, that you can get through tough times because you believe that there is some purpose beyond what you immediately observe. These are the types of things that constitute faith. And faith can be extremely powerful because at times life knocks us down. It knocks us on our ass. It hands us situations that we don't want to deal with. Even when we're not dealing with a house that's on fire or someone who's running at us and trying to attack us, there's anxiety, there's fear, there's uncertainty about the direction in which the world is headed, uncertainty about how our career is going to turn out, how relationships are going to work out, what's going to happen to our kids, are they going to be okay? And if we allow the mind to spin and it spins too much, we literally drive ourselves insane. So Z, we've talked about antidotes to this. Uh, We've talked about being able to still the mind, being able to bring our attention back to the present, doing things like meditation and yoga, certain practices that connect us with what's happening right now. But a big part of being able to deal with life's challenges is faith, is putting your trust in something greater than you and having a sense that even though you can't see all the pieces, you may not be able to see the entire picture, you know that things are going to work out. You trust that they're going to work out, that everything is for the best. And when you do that, you can start to relax. You don't have the need to control. You can take that burden that you've been carrying around, that sense that I got to make sure that everything turns out okay, or that sense that, oh my God, there's so much pain and suffering that I'm experiencing. How am I going to get through that? And just rest on the belief that somehow you'll get through. Somehow there are things that you don't understand, but there are reasons that things are happening. And you can accept that and you can be okay with that. And that brings a certain stillness and a certain peace of mind. So that's the topic we're covering today. And Z, as you and I were talking, the reason we brought this up, you had a very interesting experience over the past week. And this started a few weeks ago. Uh, You've lost a lot of people close to you recently. You lost another one a couple of weeks ago. Your mentor, uh, who was your track coach back in the day. Uh, But more than a track coach, as someone who looked out for you, someone who was a surrogate father figure, someone who kept you on the right track, who believed in you, instilled you with a certain amount of confidence, gave you a certain perspective on yourself, similar in some ways to, to what you've done for me. And maybe you're passing on what you've learned from, uh, from Mr. White. You lost Mr. White, and that was extremely painful. And, and I could hear it in your voice. You, you called me up, and you, you were in tears. I mean, you were shattered. And you picked up and you continued on, but but certainly it affected you very deeply. So you've been dealing with that. You've been soldiering through as you normally do. And fast forward a little bit, 
two days ago, you had this incredible experience where you met a woman who was about your age, who came in with another one of your students and just came in completely randomly. So they came in to use the restroom. Had they come a minute later, you would have been gone. Had the beach not been closed, they would have gone somewhere else. Your paths never would have crossed. You started talking and you asked her, how do you stay in such good shape? You look great. She said something like, I just tried to run away from time. And as she said that, she made a certain gesture with her arm. And in just that moment, that one gesture, you took a look at that and you said, wow, that's Mr. White. That's what he taught me. I was a runner. He taught me to move my arm that way when I run. There aren't very many people on this planet who've taught the same style. She must have had some connection to your track coach. So you started talking to her and asking her about whether she used to run track. And she said, yes, I did. And she said, I made it to the Olympic trials. And he said, well, did you ever work with Willie White? And she said, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. And he had this huge influence on me and he helped me and he helped me in the sport. But also beyond that in life, he had a profound impact on my life. And in that connection, something about that lifted you up, maybe restored your faith in the divine, in things that you can't necessarily see, made you feel that even though Mr. White is gone and a piece of you is gone, he's still there. He's still arranging interactions. He's almost extending from beyond to bring the two of you together. And that, as you described it to me, sounded very powerful. It sounded like it renewed your faith. I don't know in what, in, in the universe, in the divine, in the cosmic plan. But I thought as we get into this topic, see, maybe you could just talk a little bit about that experience. Talk about what it did for you and what it means, what this whole concept of faith means to you. Yeah, Van, I'll kind of uh, go over what you just shared with our our folks out there who follow this Dispassion Observer presentation, our opt-out movement or ideology. And I'll fill in some pieces that you did so well. And I'll give all of our folks out there some background. I am a byproduct of a cosmic monster factory that had a number of professors that pieced together broken, damaged kids and turned them into productive people that try to do their best to move or advance the human condition. I had a number of people that filled in for my father and my mother and different people that most of us have, I didn't have. I have great professors that I encountered at a perfect moment in time, at a serendipitous period in my young life. And I've been very fortunate to have these people in my life that I have shared with others. Everything that I am and I do is not of my own. It is because these people put arms and legs and animated me in such a way that I have I believe have done my best to be a good human being, a productive human being, to bring importance to my journey and my path in life. I have some of the folks have met some of my mentors, uh, some of the people in my life, everything from my fortunate, I was fortunate to have my brother, I have my professors, Mr. Baker, Mr. White, Master Chin Lee. She is my personal Kuan Yin. I've had different people that have pieced me together, have given me the idea of ethics and duty and mission, integrity, show up, do your best, fight for what you believe, Stay true to your journey, learn, grow, 
learn, apply, grow. And fortunately, a lot of you that have been around me have met many of those people. I've never hid those people. I've often tried to share them. Uh, Caitlin has got to meet Chin Lee and some of the other people that have not only helped me as a man, but she's a woman and she's helped women find their own spirit. And I had the coach, my track coach, the great Willie White. He was the father of sports psychology. And he would go into the heart and the head and the soul of people as he was helping them become better runners. He also made them understand how to dig in and be better people. You can't be a better human being until you dig in, until you face your own character, what to do when things are hard and how to walk through that fire. And he did that for everybody, as the other professors did, piecing us all together. So uh, a couple of weeks ago or so, I, I got word through the grapevine that Mr. White wasn't feeling well. So I gave Mr. White a call. And it's something happens when you talk to your mentors, when you talk to these professors, to these people who make, these people who make you, right? When you talk to these people, they take you through time back to the moment you met them and you hold them in such high regard and high reverence that it humbles you no matter what you're doing. Caitlin has seen me when I talk to some of my mentors and professors, Kamasi, Chinli, and I become a young child. It takes me back to when I met them. I hold them in such high esteem because I'm in such gratitude for what they've done for me and what they've then shared with all of us. Well, I called Mr. White and I said, sir, how are you doing? He said, oh, I'm working with some stuff. I'm, I'm going through some things. I have gallbladder cancer. I said, what? okay, what can I do for you, sir? How can I support you, help you through this? He says, oh, I'm doing some treatments and things like that. And uh, I said, but what do you need me to do? He said, keep doing what you're doing. I said, okay, sir, okay. And a few days later, I get a call that he's passed away. I call this phone number, his wife answers the phone, and hi, Z. Yeah, he just took his last breath, and he's gone. And I called you and called another student who always invokes Mr. White's name, even though he had never met him. And I see he's gone from this plane, from this world. And I'm so glad that I had him in my life. I'm so grateful that this unworthy me had an opportunity to be with a great person, a high vibrating person, high vibrating that they had touched many lives. I had an opportunity to be with a man of no rank, the highest level one can achieve is when they abandon all ability for us common folk to judge or measure them. He did that through his action and his service to others all the way up to his last breath, his wife told me. To his last breath, he was upholding her, giving her hope and faith and confidence in herself, teaching her, sharing with her, no complaint. He simply took a breath and left us. So I have taken a few hits, as you know, losing my buddy, Shock G, and a few other people. I have one of my clients just went into hospice with a wonderful lady who's uh, finishing her journey with us. So I take all of those hits because uh, for me, I don't, I had the fortune or misfortune of not having always this kind of dense nuclear family because of different things that happened. And so I've made friends and connected with people and I have some family members that are very close, just a few, and, and then a handful of people that uh, that I, I connect with, that, that I really love. And I've always valued friendships and so forth. So 
So whenever you lose a person, you lose a part of yourself. It's like losing an arm or a leg or an organ. So it hurts. You cry, you scream at the universe. You feel abandoned. All the things you go through. And then you show up, like Mr. White said, show up. And you have duty right there in front of you that gives you meaning, purpose, and a reason to face the day. You have all the people that are benefiting from your service and your action. But still, you sit quietly alone and you lament the passing. And you feel so many things. And you cry like a baby. You dry the tears. You get up and do what you got to do. As the great teachers say, cry all your tears, but keep your eyes on the target and shoot straight. So you do that. <clears throat> the other day I'm at work, as you said, described the story and just through a series of cosmic events. I happen to be here when a woman who studied with Mr. White hundreds of miles away and many years apart, he had the same effect on her life as he had on mine. And interesting enough, his wife was needing support and help on arranging events for his memorial service. And she was an event planner. And I connected her with his wife. And I got a message this morning that she, his wife got all the permits. I had contacted this woman and Mr. McKnight, an old teacher that is still a friend of mine, one of my professors and mentors, Robert McKnight, who is still with us. And he tapped in some old, into some old connections he had to move the process through a little better. And they got the arrangements they needed for Mr. White's service. With that being said, for those listening, I want you to imagine faith. I'm not a religious person. I don't espouse to any religious doctrine. I do appreciate all the philosophies, yet I have rarely met a religious first person that followed the tenets of their own religion. So at an early age, I denounced religion and I promoted the understanding of the quantum realm of spiritual journey. So I study them all, and they have given me the philosophy I have today. But I am not an advocate of orthodoxy in any way, because I've only seen poison to humanity and orthodoxy. But every now and then, as you're moving through life, and you're tired, and you're weary, and you're stressed out, your faith is distant. You just run on the law of averages. You hope the dice roll your way. You do your best every day and you walk away and you navigate the landmine of humanity and you try to move quietly through the eggshells of human ego to make things work out. And then you get hit with losses and you feel so alone. You feel like a baby outside in the cold it reminded me of an experience I had in track and field that my mom was very a busy person doing things she needed to do to survive and to get us through the day. So she never saw me perform in track and field or my martial arts as a child. And I never thought much of it, I think, as a child. And I didn't realize until I was an adult what an important thing that is to support your children in their activities to bring them the candy of your presence when they do things, to tell them that you're happy with them. I never thought about that because I was a hard child and I didn't have that. I thought kids that had that or craved that were weak, but it's a natural thing to be honored and to bring honor to your parents and to them to show their love through that look in their face through that smile, through that display of pride or that waking up with you early in the morning 
to support you in your activities, whatever they may be. I didn't have that. I didn't think I needed it until I was much older. I realized how important it is. And then when I had children, I understood. I remember winning a major track event. And the crowd ran out onto the track to embrace the loved ones who took second and third place and qualified for the next event. And I had won and I was by myself picking up my sweats. And Mr. White walked off to me. He said, good work. Good work, son. Let's go. Time to go. Now him and I just walked alone across the track. And I remember losing interest in competing. And I said, oh, it's nothing. It's so easy to beat people. Same way in martial arts, I was a monster. So I would just beat people and walk out of the ring. I realized years later, I would have loved to have a family member there to honor and take pride in what I couldn't take. I never took pride in beating people. But I took pride in doing things for others, which is still a feature of my personality now. Mr. White just walked me, dropped me off at home, said, keep doing what you're doing. Just like his last words to me were 50 years later upon his death. Hmm. So having that woman here who had worked with Mr. White, telling the same stories I tell at the right moment and the right time gave me faith that the journey that I'm on, that the people that we reach, the people that we touch, that the promise I'm able to keep to one of my other teachers to do my best to mitigate suffering and that it would take care of me in my life. It renewed my faith. What is faith? What is faith? Faith is the thread that holds the quilt of your existence together. It is the invisible energy that inspires you when you're no longer inspired. It's the small encouragement, inspiration that gets you across that line when you have nothing left. It is the thing that gets you up and you try a little more, just a little more, that gets you to that other side. Faith. Don't give up faith. Give up hope, but don't give up faith. When hope is gone, faith is what gives you that last breath, that last spark. Faith. Have faith. Have faith in what? Have faith that, that you are worthy of love. Have faith that you are a loving person. Have faith that your mind is open and you can still grow. Have faith that if you open your mind to discernment that intelligence will guide you, it'll be that small bit of light in the darkest of places. In that cave that you're lost in, have faith that that cool, breeze will guide you to an open space so that you can flourish. Give up everything but faith. For yesterday I was tired. My heart was heavy. I felt very lonely. I felt very sad that these great people that made me have finished their time in this place with me and have left me alone. Like when I stood in victory and unable to present to those that love me the rewards of my effort because I was not blessed with a personality that enjoyed victory by myself 
I enjoy that victory when I can gift it to the people that are close to me and when no one was close to me it was an empty victory we all have different personalities and that happens to be mine have faith that if you keep doing what you're doing and you're on the right path that you'll feel that so my my mentor and my gift from the divine to have these great professors that have lived so long that I can recite all their names and I they were able to live long enough for me to tell them thank you for giving an unworthy person the most worthy thing and I get to meet all of you who work with me every day who interact with me who I'm an uncle to a big brother to a mentor to it's not me it was all of them loving and creating an energy that's expressed through me and I got to tell them thank you and I even got to show some of them see that that damaged child that monster that creature did something good because of you and to be able to hand that trophy to them gave me great peace lifted my spirits animated me through the days when I couldn't animate it myself faith does that faith does that so keep the faith and be faithful whatever it is that you believe keep doing what you're doing right Vin? yeah what you're describing Z is incredible as I listen to it you never had a father I mean you did for a while but he was ripped away when you were very young so you spent most of your teenage years without that father figure you had a mother who was afraid to show you affection because she was afraid that you were going to die and she had to be hard on you and maybe she didn't want to get too close to you I don't know exactly what was going through her mind but I think about that and at times when I'm interacting with you it's easy to forget that because we take so much for granted we take parents conventional relationships for granted we have these people in our lives it's very easy to focus on the flaws and uh, my parents did this or they didn't raise me the right way or they didn't give me enough but but they were there they were there and they did their best and they showed up and you know in my case uh, they were they were always there and they, they always made an effort to be part of my journey as I was growing up and and that's something you never had so you didn't have that for a big period of your childhood and then you consider these mentors who you had Mr. Baker Mr. White who fulfill that role and now they weren't exact substitutes it was a different kind of relationship but they did provide something that you were lacking they did provide you a certain belief in yourself a certain conception of yourself different from from the grotesqueness that that you saw when you looked in the mirror they shaped you they became part of you you you've known them for for decades at this point and then to have someone ripped away who has such a profound impact I mean it's beyond an impact it's who is such a piece of you it's uh, like a piece of your heart being torn away is devastating 
And yeah, it is part of the cycle of life. And fortunately, Mr. White lived long. Uh, he lived into his late 80s. Maybe he was 90. Uh, I don't know his exact age when he passed, but he did have a long and full life. Uh, but still, he was a, a towering presence for you. And suddenly he's gone. And suddenly that person that you could confide in that was there to raise you up, that you could share with, that you could win for, is no longer in your life. And there's a certain amount of emptiness. And I'm just envisioning what you went through as we're talking about this. Because you go from devastation to meeting a person shortly after Mr. White's passing, who also had a deep connection to him, you had a sense that Mr. White was in the ether sphere, bringing the two of you together. It restored your faith that his presence was still there. Perhaps his support was still there. Perhaps everything that he said about you still held. And everything he made still exists, even without his physical presence. So that faith, I can see it. I can see how it would change your perspective. It would give you not just the power to keep on going on, but but maybe a certain lightness. Maybe a certain sense that, that things are okay. That even if it is painful, it's all right. You're all right. And when you talk about faith, it's interesting, Z, because it's it's a little bit different from how I described it at the outset. I was talking about faith in, in a master plan, faith in the divine, and elements of what you're saying are certainly, certainly in sync with that description. But a lot of what you're talking about with faith is faith in yourself and faith in either what you've experienced directly or what other people have told you about life that that resonates. So things like faith that you are worthy of love, faith in your own ability, faith that you can continue on and there will be better times ahead. Faith that if you open yourself up to something greater than you and your narrow sense of ego, you can channel something divine and you can get inspiration, you can get ability. You don't know where that comes from. A faith that some cosmic intelligence will guide you down the right path. So perhaps a little bit different than than the way I laid it out up front. And it brings so many questions to my mind that I have for you. Because faith is an interesting thing. You know, it's you could argue in some ways it's a placebo that we have faith in things, or at least normally when people talk about faith, something like faith in God. There was a philosopher once who made a comment that regardless of whether God exists, even if God didn't exist, human beings would invent him because we have a need to believe in something. And that belief has a certain power for us and and provides a certain amount of comfort. So maybe I'll start there. When you think about faith, see how much of it is faith in things that you have experienced or you have an inkling to be true versus faith in things that are just beyond your ability to, to ever know and ever experience. In other words, is there an empirical aspect to this? Is it faith in stuff that you've tasted and tested and experienced? Or is it faith sometimes just for the sake of faith? Say, the way I, <clears throat> the way I look at it and, and, and what I would say is for one, that there are things beyond our comprehension. That's part of physics. Physics is the study of natural phenomena. Every day, like my great mentors told me, there are miracles abound. And if we sit quiet and still and contemplate the self and the universe, we'll know that we are part of something extraordinary. That no individual, no group, no religion, no cult, no sect, no philosopher can define. The simplest things in the world create the most complex things. Every day we stand here on this earth, if I said before, 
as a great teacher told me, standing in an open field one day, doing standing meditation. And he recited the dimensions of the earth in great detail. We sit on a ball that's 26,000 miles in diameter, spinning at 1,033 and a third mile an hour, spinning around a sun at 60,000 miles an hour, in a parsect of space of unfathomable measure. Yet we complain. We experience every moment of our life is a miracle. And just being here is miraculous. Each one of us, we're a byproduct of, of, of millions of sperm cells beating on an egg to have a moment of connection that share elements from every human being that ever walked this earth. What a miracle just to be here. And what a miracle to stay here every day. Now let that go and live your life. And if you live to be a hundred or if you live to be one, it's never enough time. Have faith in the randomness of your existence, that you're here for something big or small. Depends on how you look at it. I think of faith when it comes to work. I was always told by all my mentors the same thing. You are what you do. You throw a million punches, you'll be a great puncher. You run, a, you run many miles on that track and train, you'll be a great runner. You leave your ego on the table, you dig in, and you do your efforts, you do your best, you put forth your best and then put forth again, you'll become that thing. You'll become one who does their best. The Chinese say, Wei Wu Wei, the doer becomes the deed. Have faith in that. And then when all that's done, open your heart and say, you know, I did my best. Not your best, not their best, not his best, but your best. And then have faith in you. And when that faith wanes and disperses, like I said, then the universe will send you a note. Yeah, okay. I'm a part of this. I'm a part of this divine thing. I'm a part of the same thing that makes this earth spin at 1,033 and third mile an hour. I'm a part of this. Have faith in that. When you wake up in the morning, have faith that no matter how sick you were, how hurt you were, that day you have a new opportunity. Every dying person, every new sunrise is a rebirth. Every sad person, every new day is a rebirth and joy. Every day, have faith in the sunrise that you get to see it. At the end of the day, end your day with gratitude that you made it through another one. And when you rest your head on your pillow, whatever you're going to do, you had a life. Today I, I live. I don't know what's going to happen when I wake up. Don't the Christians have some child's prayer that say, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I think it's universal. I don't think the Christians own that one. That's powerful. That's powerful. To be one with the divine. So if I'm not here, let me return to my beginning. Let me return my energy to the divine. And having that experience, meeting some uh, woman who had worked and has the same mentor as I do, many years apart, many miles away, having the identical experience, 
meeting at a perfect minute and a perfect moment and time gave me faith that we're part of something that is indescribably beautiful. I say faith is something you can trust. Trust yourself. Trust that whatever you put your efforts into will grow fruit. Trust that. If it isn't, ask yourself, what were you doing? If it comes to your health, what have you done to improve your health? What have you done to advance your knowledge? You know, I was going through a, a, a rough time, and I got up and told my wife today it was a real stressful week for us. I looked at her this morning and said, today's a new day, baby. Let's start new. She said, okay. Let's just start a new day. That relieves you of resentment or things or, or carrying things on to the next week and next day. I deal with people who hold baggage for months, years, weeks. There's a term called Dane guilt, which in certain culture, in that uh, Danish culture, they carry generational revenge. So you're supposed to hate people for things that happened to ancestors generation ago. Imagine the burden that is on a person. Imagine that burden. What if they just got up and said, you know, today's a new day and I'm alive. When I studied with the, my guru, Than Kumar Swali, a descendant of the great Lahiri Mahasai, and I got to train with the Naga Sadhus. There was a particular Sadhu that was fond of me. He was a warrior. He liked my style. He was wild, as yogis are, crazy guy, who thought I was just like him. And we hung out, and every day he would get up and say to me, Z, it's a great day to die. I would say, wow, that's weird. Then he would see me at night. Say, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. It was a great day to die. I said, what the hell does he mean by that? Later on, I had the nerve to ask him, what do you mean by it? it's a great day to die? That sounds kind of negative. He says, no, it's because you lived completely. So if you died today, there would be nothing you would beg for, lament. You wouldn't scratch to stay here because you did it all. We had such a wonderful time. We did so much together. We grew, we learned. So if I die today, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. It's a great day to die because I lived completely. So ask yourself, when your faith wanes, did you live completely? Yeah, I, I try to live complete. Have faith in that. Have faith in your efforts. Not in other people or whims, but in you. Just have faith in that. You know what I mean, Vim? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As I'm listening to you, you could almost replace the word faith with perspective. Because everything you've said, it's observable, it's verifiable. The fact that we're on this tiny speck that we call planet Earth in conditions that are just on the verge of being uninhabitable, going through space, of a scale that we can't even comprehend our existence being statistically impossible yet somehow it still happens each day providing new opportunity each interaction a basis to redefine a relationship all of that either we know or or we can live that way we can test that out and Maybe the faith that you're speaking of, at least a part of it, is being able to step back. It's getting into that dispassionate observer mindset. Stepping back from, from everything that weighs us down, the anxiety, the sadness, maybe the sense of victimhood. I don't know what you felt. I don't know if these thoughts went through your mind, but maybe a sense of, my God, this is so unfair. Why is this happening again? 
I just can't deal with this. I just can't go on. And then in that moment when you had that experience, it shifts your perspective. And you're reminded that Mr. White, whether he's here or he's not here, his influence can never disappear. His reach extends beyond his time on this earth. The reality that that you had with him doesn't die. It doesn't alter with his passing. It maybe the perspective was that, yeah, this is part of life and it's sad. But I also had so much great fortune to have this person in my life. So it's an interesting take on faith. And, and I like it because it's not blind faith. It's faith in ourselves, an ability to see life for what it is. If we step away from our pettiness and our day-to-day problems, it's faith that we've been given this incredible opportunity and and we better use it. And if we keep on going, we can find a way to make life meaningful, potent, powerful. Because, my God, we're here. We exist. I mean, in a sense, that's enough. That's That's mind-blowing. That's beyond anything that we can understand. That should inspire a certain amount of faith, a certain amount of gratitude. So that, just talking to you, Z, it's it's shifting my perspective a bit on, on this whole concept of faith. I think some belief in in things beyond ourselves is important. Even the most rational thinkers, Einstein, for example, he had tremendous respect for the unknowable, for the universe, for things that he couldn't understand. So having some of that and realizing the limits of our knowledge and recognizing that there is perhaps an architecture beyond what we can define is an important part of faith. But an equally important part is that belief in ourselves, is that belief in just the ability to go through life to create a life that's poignant, that's meaningful, to have a certain amount of gratitude for for the time that we have. And and, and that's all wrapped together in this concept of faith. And maybe faith is the best word to capture all of that, but it, it certainly extends beyond the conventional definition of faith, which is important for our listeners to keep in mind. So Z, if we start with that foundation, and if we want to cultivate that faith, How do we proceed? I mean, we're always talking on this podcast about practically what can we do to improve ourselves, to live better. How do we start living more with that sense of faith and and gratitude? Well, for one, Vin, you know, I, 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 I think that you have to be courageous. You have to show up for life. I wanted to really be clear with the folks that 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 hear our message is that yeah, you know, I, I'm sad. I cried. Um, I got over victimhood many, many years ago as a child. I used to think that the world was not fair or blah, blah, blah. Uh, nature in itself is unfair. It is always harmonious. The only reason I cry and I feel so sad is because I had so much. I had so much love in my life. I, I, they gave me so much. Now, see, you're safe. If they don't give you anything, you don't lose anything. If they don't have anything, there's nothing there. I just showed my nephew a picture of Mr. White with my dying best friend. And some of you have heard the story, and I will repeat the story. Because I wanted to be clear when we talk about faith, when we talk about uh, living and dying and pushing on, and growing, and moving. Jante just looked at this picture of myself, Mr. White, and my best friend, Ant. Ant was my best friend since we were about 10 years old. I have two best friends, Kevin and Ant, right? Been friends since we were uh, just taller than a fire hydrant, okay? When Ant developed cancer and was dying of cancer, he, like myself, had, had, he had never known his father. I had lost my father 
to uh, uh, to murder. He never knew his father, so he patterned himself even more so than any of us over Mr. White's behavior, and that's the way he raised his kids. He imagined if he was a father, he would be a father like Mr. White. That left an impression on this man all the years of his life, and he passed away just shy of his 60th birthday. Upon realizing that the cancer prognosis was dire, I said, what can I do for my best friend since I cannot trade places with him? I said, I'm going to call Mr. White. And I called Mr. White, and again, I mentioned earlier in this podcast that whenever you're with your mentors, you know it's your mentor because you go back to the moment you met him. You're reverential, you're childlike, you're almost adolescent, you're stumbling, you're almost scared of him, almost like you're scared of him. But it's a good scare. It's like how you're supposed to be scared of grown-ups, you know? Because you know, they know they're there for your best interest. You don't want to mess anything up, right? So I called Mr. White. I said, Mr. White, Ant's not doing well. And he says, what's wrong with my kid? That's what we call this, all his kids, no matter how old we were. I said, Ant uh, has cancer, sir, and it doesn't look good. He said, what can I do? I said, he loves you very much. He's always admired you. You know that. And um, can I fly you down to Vegas where he lives and just go say hi to him? He says, okay, I'm going to clear my schedule and I'll be there. Just book me a flight. And I booked him a flight. We got to, picked him up in Las Vegas, took him to my dying best friend's house. Best friend hadn't been out of bed in a few days. Heard the coach was coming. He took every little energy he had. He got showered up. He got dressed up, even though his skin was peeling off from uh, the worst kind of skin cancer anyone could have. Mycosis fungoides. Um, with days to live, he got up. Coach came, and to see the smile in this man's face, to see his coach walk through his door, he burst out in tears and said, Coach, I'm so sorry I'm not in shape. I should be in shape. And he said, Mr. White comforted him. He did all that. Then he says, my buddy had to go up in bed. You know, he's struggling with cancer. He had to go lay down. He had very little energy left. Mr. White got a little antsy down in the dining area and said, I, I need to see my, my kid. I need to see my boy. Mind you, this is a 50, almost 60-year-old man. Mr. White's 80-year-old man. Mr. White goes upstairs, sees my friend in bed in pain, takes off his shoes, gets in bed with my best friend, and cradles him as if he had given birth to this man as a mother would cradle her own child. He held them close. And that beautiful, eloquent, clear voice of the great Willie White. My son was crying and apologizing for whatever. Mr. White said, son, you're great to me. I love you. And I'll always be with you. You did great. I am so proud of you. Mind you, my buddy never had a father. He only imagined what a father would be like. Imagine what that does to a dying man to hear that in the, some of the last words spoken to him in this world, to the man he admired the most. And my, son, my, 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 my dear friend was so relieved he passed away the next day. Fast forward last week, I'm talking to Mr. White's wife. She said, yeah, he never mentioned what had happened in Vegas. He just told me that one of his kids needed support and he had passed away from cancer. And she said, you know, he had cancer at the same time. He had just got diagnosed with cancer himself. Never said a word just showed up, offered support, gave my best friend a key to eternity that he needed to hear so he could release himself from pain and promised him he would never abandon him. So in that, they're together in eternity. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Yes, yeah, so Z, maybe... We close over here. 
um, reeling a bit from from just hearing the experiences that you've had, the relationships, uh, the, the depth of the relationship that you had with Mr. White, with your friend Aunt, the love and affection that Mr. White had for Aunt. Your point about living, uh, to me, is critical. That, yeah, we can insulate ourselves from pain. We can hide. But then why are we here? We might as well be dead. So we got to go out. We got to live. We got to take those risks, form those relationships. We're going to lose. We're going to lose love. We're going to lose people, lose health. It's the nature of life. It's been that way for forever. Uh, the Buddha observed that thousands of years ago, that life is continual change uh, from one moment to the next. And all the suffering happens when we hang on too tightly. And of course, we can feel the pain, we can feel the loss, but we can accept that it's part of living. And if we don't open ourselves up to those possibilities and that heartache the flip side is that there's just a tremendous amount of love, of interesting experiences, of life stories uh, that we never get to experience. And that's not, that's not a life worth living. So maybe that's uh, the lesson, that go out, live the life, recognize that things don't work out always the way that you want, uh, recognize that life is dynamic, uh, that loss pain, heartache are inevitable. Maintain that faith that even in the midst of despair, even at the points that we feel the worst, conditions change. We will make it through. We will find reasons to, to love, to laugh. The sun will rise again. And in that faith, maybe acceptance is another word for it, comes a certain amount of peace. And that's when we can cast off the anxiety, the need to control. We can cast off that sense of victimhood. Z, as you put it, life isn't fair. We shouldn't have any expectation that life is fair. We can just accept and and we can just live. And that's enough. I mean, if we do that, you take a look at Mr. White, you can impact people in incredible ways. You could go through this brief period of time that we have and it becomes a journey. And as Yurnaga Sadhu said, we don't know when our time is coming, but we live in a way that's vital. We live in a way where we leave nothing undone. Uh, we live with the consequences and we have faith that we're doing the best that we can. And we have faith uh, that, that the path we're on, you know, with the ups, the downs, there's something powerful in that, in, in in living. Z, any final thoughts? You're absolutely right, Van. Any final yeah, you're absolutely right, Van. I just want to close on a thought. You know, it, it's, you know, we, we, we really open up here and share life. It's pretty gritty. It's the Upanishads. It's getting down in the dirt. And I hope that all the opt-out folks and Dharma Media uh, people who follow us enjoy this and get something out of it and gives us feedback and eventually, you know, subscribe to Dharma Media. And just leaving you with, with my personal take on all of this, uh, the emotion highs and lows. In paraphrasing Khalil Gibran, you can't laugh all your laughs if you can't cry all your tears. So if you want to shy away from uh, sadness and sorrow and grief, then also that's the amount of joy you can have. And when I meet people who avoid the depth of humanity, they're just not deep. If it's just about life being easy, avoiding any discomfort, you will never know real comfort. You'll never know what it's like to have the kind of love that's willing to sacrifice and immerse you in it, to change you, to create an alchemy of your very being because you're loved so thoroughly that these giants, these high vibrating people can impart on you their very life force 
that transcends the boundaries of the physical body. The only way you can get through this life without that is to hide, is to hide yourself. And if you hide, you'd never really live. You just, you were just passing through. Go out there and live. Sometimes it hurts so bad, but it feels so damn good. Thank you. All right, thanks, Z. So that's it. Everyone get out there, live, have faith that you're going to be okay. Have faith that the journey is beautiful. Peace. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.